2: Here are your hosts, Kathleen Curry and Jeff
0: Griffin.
1: Welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. We are here in Winnipeg, not just in Winnipeg, but at the Festival des Voyageurs.
4: When old man winter knocks at the door, you can either say, no, I'm hibernating for the winter, or you can go out and party with him.
1: We're out partying.
4: (laughs) When the river freezes over in your town, you can either just say, well, we'll wait till spring, or you can go out and throw a party on the river.
1: We are here at the festival enjoying ourselves. It's nice, brisk, and cold. We came in. We're here in Fort Gibraltar right now. This is part Heritage Festival, part embracing the winter.
4: And part sort of arts and music festival as well. We've got all sorts of things going on. Even though it's cold here, we've found a great way to stay warm.
1: That's true. We've been here watching people. You know, when in Rome, do what the Romans do. We must have counted dozens already of Canada goose jackets, which literally are goose line jackets. I have never seen them in the U.S. half as much as I've seen them here. They're like bombarded here. It's one of the things that's keeping us warm here throughout the festival.
4: As we've said, there are so many different aspects to this festival. Coming up, we're going to have interviews that relate to the history of the festival.
1: We're going to be talking all about the food with the French influence and maybe some things that they would have eaten back in the early, mid-1800s.
4: We're also going to be talking about the snow sculpture competition they have here. And coming into the fort, we saw some of these sculptures outside, and they are incredible, and I can't wait to hear more about that.
1: We're also going to be drinking something called caribou, making some maple taffy.
4: So stick with us. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show.
1: Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You can also check us out on Twitter at Travel Brigade or our website, TravelBrigade.com.
3: You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com.
1: Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We are here in Winnipeg, nice, chilly Winnipeg, keeping ourselves warm. We are here at the Festival des Voyage. I love the French accents around here. This is where I realized my French, all my classes, did me no good. But we are here learning all about the festival. We're going to be here all day doing interviews with different people throughout the park. And we have a really... Uh, interesting interview coming up. We've been going around the park learning about all the things that they did back in the days here at
4: Fort Gibraltar. Yes, more specifically, we are at Fort Gibraltar circa 1815, and a lot of neat history here. I've learned so much just in the short time that we've been here. Here to tell us more about it is Monique Olivier, who is in charge of the wonderful interpreters that are here, people who have sort of a name and a backstory of Someone who would have lived here at the fort, and Monique tells, "How do you come up with these? Well, you don't come up with them, but how do you decide who they're going to be?"
0: We basically do quite a bit of research uh, just to ensure that uh, the time period is correct, and also that we're we're getting the right sort of flair for the fort. So um, we're lucky to have quite a few historic resources at our fingertips. In fact, uh, one of the archive we have two really main, really big archives in Winnipeg. We have the uh, Hudson's Bay Company archives and also the St Boniface Historical Society archives and we've used both of those extensively to build our characters and build the stories that we uh, that we tell here. The only issue of course is that Fort Gibraltar is a uh, Northwest Company fort and uh so the Hudson's Bay Company actually destroyed a lot of the Northwest Company records because they were competitors. And so we have to uh, extrapolate a lot from what we've learned. So a lot of that we get at the HBC archives. It's very pertinent to what we do here at the fort. But in terms of the St Boniface Historical society, they have a really interesting database um, that's really relevant to us. They have about thirty-six thousand contracts. Uh, the information from contracts of voyageurs so we use that specific information to build the characters uh, the the men that you see around the fort and we even give them their names and so for a lot of these young interpreters these young male interpreters it really helps it helps them put themselves uh, in history uh, and uh, and get a feel for what it was like and take on a real person and that makes it a little bit more real too they don't have to necessarily um, try and make it up for the female characters we use character archetypes so women from history that have made it into the history books. And uh, we get our ladies to build their characters based on those those people who actually existed.
1: So tell us about people when they come to the festival, like what they can experience when they walk into Fort Gibraltar, the different buildings that they can experience and maybe some of the different things that they'll see or some of the interpretations that might be going on.
0: So you can expect to see uh, quite a bit of demonstration we really like to there's a lot of show and tell a lot of historic show and tell so uh, you can go visit the blacksmiths and they'll be uh, they build tools and they're building uh, all kinds of art in fact (laughs) one of the guys likes to to do a lot of art pieces Uh, today we have a, a cooper so someone who makes barrels we also have a silversmith uh, now coopers and uh, silversmiths might not have been at Fort Gibraltar but it's it's representative of the kind of craft that you would have seen here uh, we also have uh, an aboriginal encampment and uh and so we have a lot of historic cooking that's pertinent to First Nations cooking and we also have our folk school upstairs where we have artisans uh, demonstrating a variety of historic craft uh, like soap making and carving and flint napping and spinning and knitting and also we we have uh, someone who's demonstrating First Nations weaponry. And then we'll have a storyteller in the afternoon. The next few days we'll have someone making canoe paddles and birch bark baskets and doing some bead work and making moccasins and more flint napping, all kinds. And we actually have a dance workshop tonight, a, a historic uh, square dancing workshop. And then in the evening, in the winter's cabin, we actually hire local musicians to get into costume and they have a jam session. And so you can hear old, old-timey folk music. And so we really try and make it a multi-sensory experience. So you go into a cabin and you can hear the music and you can try playing a game with a voyager. You can also smell the cooking and not taste it, though, because not really. Uh, <laughs> not really commercially food safe but you know we we take our chances and so it yeah we, we really try and we also try and make it for all people so you know multi uh, multi-age as well so it's uh, it's a lot of fun it's a it's tough coordinating it though it's a good challenge to have
4: the festival runs for 10 days each year maybe you could talk about that a little bit and about how it runs right here adjacent to the frozen over red river
0: yeah, so Festival de Voyageur is a, it, as you said, it's a ten-day festival, and it is, uh, it's actually based on midwinter festivals and carnivals, and it's really it's held at the coldest time of year to try and uh, try and cheer people up right before uh, right before springtime hits, hopefully soon. But it's also it's great having it right near the river, right near the forks, especially. There's actually two rivers that meet in Winnipeg. There's several, but there's two main ones: the Assiniboine and the Red. And uh, one of the cool things about Festival is that we encourage people to get out into the the winter and and have fun so take part in all kinds of winter activities uh, like snowshoeing and skating and skiing and tobogganing and snowmobiling as well and there actually used to be if I recall there used to be snowmobile races as part of the festival but they don't do it anymore it's really to try and just get people get people excited about winter you know right before it (laughs) right before it gets warm again one of the cool things about Winnipeg is that I think people actually use the rivers more in the winter than they do in the summer because uh, most people most people in Winnipeg have a pair of skates or a pair of snowshoes but they don't necessarily have a boat or a place to dock it. (laughs) So people tend to use uh, the rivers more in the winter.
1: For more information about the Festival des Voyageurs, for the English-speaking folk, that probably sounded really great. For the French-speaking folk, I'm sure that sounded really bad. Anyway, check out our hot sheet for today's show at Travel Brigade. This is Kathleen Curry here with Jeff Griffin. We will be back.
4: Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade. Check us out at TravelBrigade.com or follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We'll be right back.
3: the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade.
1: Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. We are in Winnipeg here at the Festival des Voyager and we are here in the Snow Bar drinking caribou.
4: I need to point out, no caribou were harmed in the making of this episode. We're talking about a drink called caribou, which is delicious, probably much more delicious than eating caribou. Plus,
1: I think we're going <laughs> to talk about the difference between actual old caribou and perhaps what we're drinking now, which is quite delicious, but people call it caribou.
4: And we should point out we're drinking it in these... Uh, ice cups, cups literally made of ice. That's true. So that keep it nice and cold.
1: That's right. To keep it cold, and the whole feeling here is winter embracing winter. As far as, as all of that, we're going to be talking with uh, you know all the all the great things we've been doing here. But yes, here in ice cups, again, drinking caribou in the snow bar.
4: Again, this is what I love about Winnipeg. If there's three feet of ice outside, cut it into cup-shaped pieces. Right. You and utilize pour, it and pour alcohol in it. I know. How is it getting better? These people are geniuses. I know. Here to tell us more about it is I. She is with the Festival du Voyager. And thank you so much for having us. And tell us, how is this what is in a caribou
5: so caribou is uh very different from what it used to be it all started with uh, hunters and the myth is apparently they used to drink caribou blood when they were hunting and so fortunately now we don't drink caribou we drink this commercial drink it's a fortified wine now and it's kind of sweet taste like a bit like port uh really delicious drink as you guys tasted it before it's It's truly a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience here at the Festival du Voyager, drinking in an ice glass. There's nothing like it best served cold so good
4: back when the voyageurs back in the 19th century what what were they drinking when they drank a caribou
5: so yes back then uh, they used to drink the blood out of the caribou and after that over the years it evolved into a mix of uh, whiskey and um, wine and so over the years like i said it has been evolving and now it's a commercial drink caribou you can buy it in a bottle such as a bottle of wine and uh, yeah it's uh, just so delicious
1: now we're in real trouble because we're going to be packing home sugar, pie, and caribou. I think we definitely need some new luggage to take back with us. We've got so much coming up for the rest of the festival. We have interviews. We've been eating food, looking at snow sculptures. So much to do here. Stay tuned.
4: You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Check out our website, TravelBrigade.com, or follow us on Twitter at travelbrigade. Brigade. We will be right back.
3: You're going to get a little hungry when you're traveling the globe. Whether it be fine dining, a regional specialty, or a small local street cart, you gotta eat. Next up, you gotta eat. Mmm, good.
1: Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with Jeff Griffin. We are here in Winnipeg, but more specifically, we are spending the day here at the Festival du Voyageur.
4: In this segment, we're going to be talking about food. And one of the things I love about travel is you'll go someplace and you'll find something new. Well, and we you, like food. Let's well, just
1: Yeah. I mean, let, let's just think, keep it down to a clear expectation when we travel. Mm-hmm. We love to try local cuisine.
4: <laughs> and you stumble upon something and you think, how did I get through this much of my life without this in it? And for me, that new thing is sugar pie.
1: Sugar pie. I know.
4: We just had sugar pie here at Fort Gibraltar. I could describe it as pecan pie without the pecan, but that does not begin to do justice. That's what I was thinking
1: when I saw it. Yes,
4: much more mapley. Yes, we are in Canada after all. Yes, I'm going to have to smuggle like ten of them. I know. over the border. Or maybe we'll get the, the recipe from our I don't guests. think it's
1: on the don't bring to the U.S. <laughs> list. So we're going to get an extra suitcase and pack a few of those suckers to go home.
4: <laughs> maybe we'll get some of the secrets on how to make it from Sean Branson. He is a major chef here in Winnipeg, and he also runs the catering here at Fort Gibraltar, where they do a lot of the traditional foods, especially here during the festival.
1: Sean, tell us a little bit about the festival and the tie-in with the food and kind of where you came up with this menu and tying it in maybe to some of the the history here and also some of the, you know, palettes for today's cuisine.
6: Well, thank you for uh, coming in and uh, enjoying uh, our uh, traditional uh, Festival de Voyageur menu. The menu itself is, uh, well, Festival de Voyageur is a celebration of the uh Franco-Manitoban heritage in, in our city. We have one of the largest, uh, Francophone uh, communities on the, uh, west side of the Great Lakes. And, uh, this festival uh, after 45 years is a celebration of that. In the Great Hall, which is, uh, the main, uh, restaurant, uh, inside, uh, the facility, we're, we're serving uh, lunch and dinner and uh, serving some of the traditional food items such as, uh, torcher, which is, uh, like a meat pie, a little bit more savory and spicy, uh, with, uh, pork and beef. And, of course, the, the sugar pie that you uh, spoke about. Uh, we bring in the, uh, the maple syrup from Quebec and we mix it with eggs and sugar. It's nice and light and airy, really sweet. Quite enjoyable and uh, something you just can't put down. Uh, so it's uh, yeah, it's something. Two, two items uh, of, of the, the number of items that we're offering, and uh, certainly very very traditional cuisine.
1: Where did you come up with the cuisine for the festival? Is this are these things that people might have had back in the days, or kind of a combination thereof?
6: Where we took our inspiration is the uh, French community and the Franco manitoban community in the uh, in the area. These are all things that uh, traditional times such as Thanksgiving or Christmas people would have uh, the meat pie the torch I'm not sure if it uh, derives from back in the uh, 1800s which is what Fort Gibraltar is all about we have this uh, pie that basically anything you can catch in the farm kind of found its way into the pie I guess we've been more refined and and we get these spices of nutmeg and uh, cinnamon and clove uh, to add the the sort of meatiness to the the pie but it has changed and uh, from the traditional whatever you can get in the in the yard kind of pie but uh, beef and pork all Manitoba beef and pork uh, in in this pie.
4: Speaking of those particular ingredients, I understand this is a great place to be able to get beef and pork with the the farming and agriculture around here, and, and you're able to get a lot of the products you use from right here in
6: Manitoba? Yeah, in in Manitoba we have a very diverse economy and certainly farming, um both grain, um agriculture as well as cattle and pork farming is is very uh, big traits in our area. Pork and the beef uh, do come from from Manitoba, they're, they're raised here. I think the processing and grading standards are are pretty high uh, here. Manitoba's also uh very big on uh, the calving industry. We uh, have a lot of uh, calving which then gets uh, shipped out to Alberta and and a lot actually to the states where the animals grow and then are processed afterwards. But we do have a lot uh, that are local. Uh, At this time of the year in February, not a lot of local produce growing around, but certainly our carrots, parsnips, potatoes, those kind of crops that can be can be stored over a long period of time can be utilized at this time. We also had something that was interesting. We had some pea shoots as well that are actually grown in greenhouses. There are some greenhouses that pretty much operate uh, 11 months of the year, and we're able to get uh, tomatoes, cucumbers, different things from these greenhouses and it's nice that uh, they're local and just a little little uh, distance away what's interesting about Fort Gibraltar is we're only two minutes from uh, portage in maine but yet in our area we have a we have a we have parmalot which is a dairy uh, producer uh, so we get all our, our dairy from there we actually have a mushroom plant which is about five minutes away as well so we get a lot of uh, different mushrooms that we can use in our dishes so we're very fortunate that way in having a vry- variety of things that we can we can serve to our guests at uh, Fort Gibraltar and in our city
4: it sounds like there are a lot more options in than- the Voyagers had back in 1815 when I go home I'm going to try to make sugar pie I pretty much got to have it every day now that I've discovered it if I try to make it what what's kind of that secret ingredient
6: is it getting the right maple or what? what is it for the maple pie, what I'd suggest is, uh, you know, trial and error. Uh, consume ima- copious amounts of uh, of uh, maple sugar pie. To cut down the, to narrow it down, certainly the internet is an amazing place uh, to get some recipes. What we, we did with ours is certainly we took a sort of an ode to diff- what different people were doing, the Food Network and Epicurious and those places online, make a bunch and uh, blind taste them. And that's how we came up with our recipes some trial and error. The, the quality of the maple syrup is, is one of the keys because it has that, sort of um, reduced quality concentrated nice hit uh, there um, you'll find on the internet they're more sugar based but you want to you can substitute some of that sugar from for the maple syrup it uh, really makes it delicious the other key is a little more use of egg um, the eggs that we get we actually get them from Vita Manitoba about a half an hour away they're free-run eggs the eggs are ha- the chickens are happier the eggs taste better and I'd say that that is one of our secret ingredients that we use in, in our maple sugar pie
1: just gonna get out his uh blood sugar start testing it and then coordinate that with his pie eating see how it goes the festival will be running for the next 10 days uh we'll be out and about for the rest of the festival stay tuned this is travel brigade make sure that you check us out on twitter facebook and travelbrigade.com
4: we will have links to fort gibraltar website on our website travelbrigade.com go and hit that up we will be right back
3: You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at travelbrigade.com.
1: Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here, and Jeff Griffin. We are here at the Festival des Voyageurs here in Winnipeg, and. We've been talking all day, we've been talking about food, we've been talking about history, but there's one huge component that we haven't talked about, is a music festival.
4: The band you can hear in the background is a band called Red Moon Road, who we're enjoying here at the Sugar Shack, or as the French say, Cabana is Sucre, or something like that.
3: Sucre.
4: Sucre, uh, where we just tried some maple taffy. And coming up, one thing we haven't mentioned, this is a winter festival. There's a lot of snow around. They take the snow and sculpt it. So coming up, we've got an interview with one of the snow sculptors here from all over the world for their symposium.
1: Yeah, we've really been enjoying it, walking around. There's these beautiful white snow sculptures. The interesting combination of music, food, winter, snow sculpting, never been to a festival quite like it.
4: Stay tuned, we've got that interview with the snow sculptor coming up. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We will be right back.
3: Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade.
1: Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host Jeff Griffin. We are here at the Festival here in Winnipeg. One of the things that we wanted to talk about is you're walking around this festival. There's snow everywhere. What do you do with snow? You make snow sculptures.
4: I sort of feel like I'm in Florence, Italy, if Florence was made of snow like when we were walking around Florence, Italy during the summer, and there's all these beautiful statues. Only here, all the beautiful statues are made of snow, and they're not just as tall as a person. They're a good 10, 12, or more feet tall.
1: Yeah, I didn't see the David yet.
4: <laughs> maybe maybe just around the corner. We'll have to see. Here to tell us more about it is Terry Ouellette. He's one of the sculptors here, and Terry, tell us about how the teams go about making these? Do you just do you bring a lot of shovels, or what? How does how do you go about making these incredible sculptures?
2: We get invited based on uh, they send out applications to us, and uh, the, it's a symposium versus a competition. The actual competition is getting in, and then once we're here, we uh, show up with our designs at, that are pre-approved. They have these wonderful blocks of snow that are 12 feet wide and 12 feet. Deep and ten feet high, and uh, they've been sitting for a boat anywhere from a week to two weeks, and they solidify, get nice and hard, ready for us. They take the uh, forms off, and we get ready to carve. When we uh, get started, we use a variety of tools that would scare somebody in uh, in a dark alley. Things such as a wire rope saw that has little grommets uh, attached to it that pulls big chunks of snow off. We use shovels, uh, hatchets ice saws that have great big uh, sharp teeth, and uh, little things sometimes as as simple as uh, garden spades and things like that.
4: Once you get one of these made, will, because of the temperature here, it'll just keep for weeks?
2: Well, that's the wonderful thing. Finish the blocks, and then we leave. We're, in fact, we're all leaving tomorrow. And if the weather stays cold enough, then the people of Winnipeg will get to enjoy these for, I'm not sure how long, until they actually either tear them down Or in some cases, in some places, at various events around the the world, they might just leave them up until they melt.
1: I know some of these teams have come from from all over the world. Tell us a little bit about the teams that come here and maybe the caliber of some of these teams.
2: The sculptors that are here from around the world range from those from Colombia and Mexico. We have sculptors from Sweden, Germany, France, uh, Canada, United States, France, I guess. They're they they come they're all serious artists of one sort or another. Many of them are stone sculptors or wood sculptors. A lot of them do sand sculpture in the summertime or in, in warmer parts at this time of the year. And so the quality is extremely high. The talent is just phenomenal, and it's, it, it's an honor to be uh, uh, working beside them. I have to ask, is
4: there something that's hard about being an artist and making something that you know isn't going to last for centuries and centuries, like say, some paintings or something, or do you take more of the sort of Buddhist sand painting approach?
2: It's very much a realization that it's a temporary art form. And, and it, I think that's what is, is attractive to a lot of sculptors, is that they know they can build this monumental piece, and they don't have to worry about storing it anywhere. And people get to enjoy it, and we get to uh, build it, carve it, and walk away knowing that we did a nice job.
1: Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We're going to be walking around the rest of the festival. We'll be having pictures of some of these beautiful sculptures while the show is running. And make sure if you want more information about the festival, check out our website, travelbrigade.com. Follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade.
4: We will be right back.
3: don't always agree, but they always seem to have the reasons. Next up, Travel Brigade's countdown of their favorites from this week's show on He Said, She Said.
1: Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with Jeff Griffin. We have been here the whole day at the Festival des Voyageurs. I'll never get tired of saying that. I might not say it always correctly, but I love the way it rolls off to my tongue. We have been here again, music, food, snow sculptures, everything you can imagine, it's time for He Said, She Said.
4: She said goes first.
1: We're sitting here in the sugar shack. I'm going to tell you, I thought I had my favorite list rolling around in my head until I just made maple taffy. You actually take a stick, they take the maple sugar, boil it, and actually put it straight on snow, and you take a stick and roll it up and just pop it in your mouth. I don't know if anything is ever going to be the same.
4: My number three is the snow sculptures. As you walk around here, it's literally amazing to be walking among all these sculptures that are taller than you. The only other place that I've been that's been like that is Florence, Italy. And uh, these won't last as long as the Michelangelo's, but they're pretty darn impressive.
1: My number two is the heritage interpreters. And I guess it just sort of makes me feel very fortunate that I have the life that I do and that I wasn't having to do all of these things. make my life more comfortable but I have to say it was so interesting learning about these different artists and their lives and kind of the characters they take on very interesting cultural aspect
4: my number two is sugar pie which I somehow got through my life without knowing it existed and my life was incomplete until today when I had sugar pie or maple pie as it's sometimes called and I will be trying to smuggle several of them back to the States
1: my number one is just how here in Winnipeg, they just embrace the winter. There's this French connection. We felt it before when we've been in places like Montreal or Quebec. Theirs is a little bit different, uh, very frontier in their uh, ability to be here in the West, a huge number of neighborhoods uh, where people are born and raised with this as their first language. I love the French connection and I just, I love the the way they embrace the winter instead of complaining about it or whatever. They make it fun and there's so many fun things to do while you're here in the winter
4: my number one is kind of along those same lines just the can't be beat attitude of the winnipeg people if winter's going on you go throw a party if the river freezes over you go throw a party on the river if you have maple syrup and ice you make taffy what, whatever you've got they'll turn it into a party i really appreciate that view of life
1: Again, we've had an amazing time. The festival happens every year in February. It's a great 10-day festival. If you want more information about that, we will have it on our hot sheet for today's show.
4: It's time for us to move on. Taking us out is the band Red Moon Road here in the Sugar Shack at Festival du Voyageur. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade or check out our website, TravelBrigade.com, where we'll have all the contact info for today
2: on our hot sheet.
1: Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week, and enjoy the trip.
2: You have been listening to Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin on Travel Brigade. Connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, and at TravelBrigade.com.
1: With the Lucky Lands you can get lucky just about anywhere.